Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is July 19th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is circumstances. So do you know if you are a child of God? Are you aware of the circumstances that surround your life? Are you aware that God is at work around you for your benefit? You know, I'm asking these questions, and oftentimes when I start a podcast, I want to ask questions. I want us to get us thinking. I want to engage you a little bit. But more than anything, I want you to go... How does this word, how does this message, how does that translate to my actually living life? I mean, can I apply this in some way or is this just uh, another message that I'll listen to and I'll forget? See, I believe the Lord wants to impact you and I through his word. And he wants to be involved in our lives, and he wants his word to impact. He wants it to be able to, to translate into everyday living. It needs to be useful and practical, and that is what the word of God is. Now, not everyone uses the word of God like that. There are many words and sermons with lots of good information, but it doesn't mean anything to how you live your life. Again, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of you, you know this. You 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 go to you go to school or you went to school and you learned information that you you will never use, or maybe you're you're older in life and you've never used in your life. It was just something that someone made you do, and you really don't care because it didn't mean anything to life. You know, the word of God is not like that, and it is religion. And I've, there's lots of messages here on the podcast that you can listen to me teach about religion. There's much about religion that takes that. It wants to take the Word of God and just it's just information. It doesn't really mean anything to life. And it wants to make you religious. It wants to make you and me both religious so that we can go, oh, I know, I know, and it doesn't mean anything. But the Word of God is, is active and sharp like a two-edged sword, and, it, and it, it does things. It transforms us. It does things in life. And so today's word, circumstances. There are so many circumstances to our life. And I believe God has a word for us today with that. And so I start off with, are you aware that you are a child of God? I believe that most people listening to these podcasts are Christians. Because quite frankly, if you're not a Christian, it, it must be the Lord for you to stop and listen to it. Because... Uh, to, to, to grab a hold of something you can't watch. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. These 
these podcasts do go up on YouTube, but it's not a video where you're watching me teach or something. This is just an audio. Why would you want to listen to this? There's something about it that has caught your ear that you want to hear. And that's the Spirit of God drawing you in. And so if you don't know the Lord, I encourage you to listen to this and think about the Lord Jesus. But for those of you who are believers, who are Christians, you're here because you want the Word to do something in your life. You want to be transformed. You want something practical that you can use in your life, not just another message. And so today, through this word circumstances, I believe the Lord's going to do that. We're going to start with some lectionary reading, some scripture passages that I have not chosen. They were chosen. It's what's called the lectionary. It's just reading, daily readings that have been selected. Uh, this is done long ago. And so, and today's reading is from Matthew. We're going to read chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. And then 18 through 23. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, a great multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 18. Therefore, the parable, hear now the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. When tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives the seed among thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bear fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now this is a parable that I've taught probably once or twice and since we began these podcasts, it's, I don't want to say popular, but it's, it's, it's been taught on a lot, not just by me, but many others have taught about the parable of the sower. And I do not want to, once again, preach the same messages, but in this word, circumstances that the Lord has given us. And obviously, when you read this parable, you see circumstances. There are so many circumstances around the people in these parables. And of course, these parables are about people. Jesus gives a parable and then he gave the interpretation. Those are the the two passages that we read from Matthew. And the soil represents our heart, the condition of a person's heart. And so there are some people, 
the word the the seed being the word of God and he's he's the the Lord is sending his word and it said that some fell by the wayside and the birds came and devour it and the interpretation is, is that the wicked one the the devil the enemy he's come and he snatches away the word because it's just rejected it is not received you give the word to someone and they don't really care they do not receive it it falls and you know the enemy is going to snatch that up he does not want that word to stay there we're going to read a scripture in isaiah here towards the end that'll talk about why that is i don't want to jump to the end of this message but the enemy takes it because he does not want it to produce a 160 30 fold crop yield so he he steals it because you don't receive it he just, he just takes it the next one is the person is on the stony ground and and the the stony place the hard the hard places in our hearts and this is the person that receives the word person receives the word but doesn't really get down into them this is the person that goes yeah yeah i believe the bible but they don't really read the bible person that goes yeah i believe in god but they don't actually live their life for him they'll just sort of occasionally maybe go to church because it's the right thing to do and then it says when persecution comes they fall away of course, the person is when the sun comes up and they're scorched. The interpretation is when persecution comes. There are people that say they're believers living right now that are this. You can give them the word of God. They sort of kind of nod. Yeah, whatever. But you see, it's not really getting down in them. They're not really praying. They're not really reading. They don't really care to have good understanding. And when tribulation in person comes... They immediately stumble. They will immediately drop the idea of being a Christian. They literally don't want to take the heat. Notice there's no talk of fruit or anything in that one because they're not really real. Now the next person, their, their circumstances, by the way, is there. there's a hardness to the gospel, the hardness to truth there. Now the next person is the one that is choked up by the thorns, the weeds, so to speak. And the interpretation is these weeds or thorns are the cares or the deceitfulness of the world. There are some people out there, they, they're, they're, again, they claim to be Christians, they claim to be believers, but they're so caught up into the world you 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 want to have a good job and you want to have certain things and you're you're so caught up into my kids have to have the right clothes and the right car and the right school they have to play the right sports we have to do the right thing we have to keep up with the joneses across the street and there are many many people sort of a new generation they they reject the idea of keeping up with the joneses and looking like everyone else and yet they still do it you know you think you're counterculture, but if your countercultural looks like everything else in the culture and you're going with the flow, then you're not countercultural. You also notice from this group that it uses the word unfruitful. This is a group that actually wants to bear fruit. It's, it's a, the idea of a, the plant has sprung up. It, 
It wants to produce fruit, but it doesn't. You know, I have some plants. I try to garden. I don't really have a garden. I have some raised beds, and we, we, we plant various stuff. Not enough to feed us just a few meals, really. But I have some pepper plants, and we have one that has grown up about three feet tall. It's just huge. It's, it's a pepper plant, but it's not produced any peppers. It's, it's, it's a big plant. It's got lots of leaves. It looks wonderful. It even will flower, but it doesn't produce any peppers. Well, it's July. If, if it doesn't produce peppers by the fall, I'm going to rip it out and try again. It's the same thing here. The, the people that, if, if you're caught up in the world and the cares of the world, you're not fruitful. You're not productive. The Word of God doesn't do anything in your life because you're too concerned about the things of this world and it's choking out your spiritual life. It's choking out the good that God wants to do in your life. And of course, the last one is the the good soil, the person with a good heart, you hear the word, you, you get it in you, and it produces, and it produces fruit, and you bear a hundred and sixty and thirty fold and, and good things. But notice in each one of these, there are circumstances around the seed, around the word that goes in you, that causes things to happen. It's almost like the circumstances are, are dictating things to you. But the point Jesus is trying to get us to understand is that our faith is not driven by circumstances. We can choose to be good hearts. We don't have to allow the circumstances to say, well, no, you don't get to go to heaven. You get to be worthless. You get to be. No, no. We allow these circumstances. Who are you right now? Who are you? Who do you want to be? Are you aware of who you are in this parable now? Because your circumstances. Now let's read the next scripture. In this is in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the bodies, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also be glorified together. Now, when I look at this scripture, we're thinking circumstances. And I go, man, what's, what's the circumstances here, Lord? What are, you, what are you trying to show me? And I can't help but be drawn immediately to, therefore, brothers, we are debtors. You know, what does it mean to be a debtor? It means that you've had to borrow something. And it goes on. I'm going to come back to the to the debtor things in just a second. Hold that thought. But there's so much of this passage that talks about if you live to the flesh, you die to the flesh. We want to put evil deeds behind us. If we're sons of God, we're led by the Spirit of God. 
If we don't receive his spirit, then we become in bondage to fear again. But we have received the spirit of adoption. So we cry out, Abba, Father. Now this gets to that question, are you a child of God? Do you realize this? Do you understand your circumstances? Are we crying out, Father? Are we crying out to God like he's our dad and we, we need him? Or are, do we feel in bondage? Do, you, do, we, do we, we feel like we're in bondage to fear? Are we afraid of bills and what's going on in the world and crazy people taking over everything? They want me to change the way I speak and pronouns and what's going on with the way people want to live and what's going on with Ukraine and the world and crazy things are happening with governments and there's wars and rumors of wars and there's pestilence and disease. Someone's talking to you virus. You know, there's all these things. Does it put you in fear of the future? And it says we are debtors not to the flesh, but to the spirit. And one of the things that hit me on Sunday when I was sharing this was usually being a debtor is someone you've, you've taken out, you've borrowed money. But do you realize that the person who loans the money always sees a return? There is a scripture in the Old Testament in the Proverbs that talks about be a lender, not a borrower. See, if you lend people money, then you have a return because the person's going to pay you back plus interest. Now, I know you may say, yeah, but if I do that and they don't pay me back, XXX happens. Well, if someone, if you loan someone money and they don't pay you back, if you don't get a return because you were foolish, because if you go to a bank and borrow money, they're going to get it back. I'll guarantee you, because they're going to get back what you borrowed plus more. They're going to take it out of you. You know, if you if you borrowed money for your car, they're going to take the car and they're going to still try to get money back from you. They're going to, um, you know, if you, if you got a loan out for a home and you don't pay it, they take your home, which is probably increased in value, so they get back their money plus some. There's lots of ways companies will get back their money. If you borrow money from a loan shark they will usually take it out of you physically. But they get a return. It's just either you pay them or they physically come and get you. You can say that about any criminal enterprise. If you take money from a criminal enterprise and don't pay them back, then they come and get you. It's this way all around. The lender always makes money. Now notice, this is that we're debtors, not to the flesh, not to the world, but to the spirit. What's happened? You see, Christ has given us his life. But it's sort of a borrowed thing. And you see, he wants a return for this. God wants a return. And I guess this is the word I should say because we say borrowing and lending sounds so evil. But from the borrowers, I'm borrowing. But from the lender's point, he's not lending, he's investing. See, it's an investment in his part. Oh, I gave you this because I expect a return. You know, yeah, Disney doesn't borrow money, they invest. They get investors to give them money 
so that they can make movies and films. And then the investor gets a return. His money comes back plus some. Everyone gets rich. See, God has invested his life. Jesus invested his life into us. He expects a return. The parable just says that. Does it not? If we have good soil and his seed, his word hits us, then it produces fruit, 160, 30. See, that is the return that, yes, it blesses us, but it blesses God because we are accountable to him. Parable of the sowers, parable of the miner, parable of the talents. You know, God gave out something that someday he's going to hold us accountable. There's a return. But, you know, it's not a bad thing to be in debtor to the Lord because, you know, when we go and we're accountable, we, we suddenly find ourselves heirs in the return because he's a good God. He's not here to, quote unquote, take it out of us. He's here to give us life. He's invested his life in it. And you see, someday when he calls it to account, it means that we now belong to him and we return to him. We are his return. Yeah, he comes and gets us, and now we have to live with him forever because we belong to him, because he's invested into us. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You continue reading this Romans passage. How do you know I'm a child? I'm led by the Spirit. I've received adoption. The Spirit testifies. See, these are good things. And now let's bring us here as we wrap up to our last scripture, Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 13. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give the seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be let out in peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up a myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Now I'm excited. I'm tripping over my own words to get to this passage. Because I feel like our word of circumstances really is coming to us from this passage. Starts off says, as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, they don't return. You know, when it rains and it snows, we don't ever see it go back up in the air. It comes down and does what? It, it, it waters the earth and, and the plants bud. And I live in a desert. We have to water our grass and water our plants. If we don't, they die and they die really fast because there's no water here. And no matter how much I water, if it will rain, even just a few minutes, a few minutes of rainwater will do what weeks of me, me watering myself can do. It's like the minute the rain hits it, there's something about rainwater that the plants, they bud, they flower, they, they just, they go nuts, they grow. Fruit can be produced overnight. It's, it's amazing what happens with a little rainwater versus me trying to water it from my water hose it, it it's amazing and you see god says that he sends rain and it waters the earth and notice it says he does that so that it brings seed to the sower and bread to the eater now many times in old testament prophecies there's symbolism and symbolic imagery 
here we see this Im Im imagery, excuse me again for tripping over my words, but seed to the sower, bread to the eater. We just read a parable about the seed and the sower. So I don't need to explain that one. But bread to the eater, you know, Jesus has said that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word from God. And you see, his spirit is raining down words that will help us grow, to mature, that will impact our lives. And he goes on and says that his word uh, comes forth from his mouth and it will not return to him void. As he says, it shall not return to me void. And it gets me excited. You understand that his word is going to return. Go back to the parable. He's throwing out his seed. It is going to return to him. That fruit, 30, 60, and 100, it's not about us. It's about him. We're, we're producing fruit because it's all going to go back to him. And that's why when we're hard, when we won't receive it, when we allow his word to hit us and fall down beside us because we don't want to receive it, that the birds, the devil, the enemy will come and snatch it away because he does, he can't leave that word there. It will not re return void to God. It's going to do something. And the enemy wants to snatch that away. He wants to steal that from you. From people who don't receive because if it stays there, it's going to do something. So the enemy wants to get that as far away from us as possible. Because it will produce. It will return to the Lord. Well, we say, well, what about the, the stony and the, the one with the thorns? How, how is that not returning to God? Well, it is. It's returning to God, but notice that it says it, it sprang up. So it's doing its work, but persecution comes and suddenly the person under the heat, the persecution withers and dies. In other words, this is the person that is received, has been transformed, and suddenly in the heat of the moment, they're going to deny they know the Lord. They're going to deny. And what does Jesus say about people that deny him? Oh, there's a return. There's no fruit with that return. When Jesus saw the fig tree and it had no fruit on it, he cursed it. When he gave the parable of the talents, when he gave out stuff to the individual that he gave something to that didn't do anything with it and there was no return, he just said, here, take it. That person was thrown out. If you allow the cares of this world, you would see that in the church in Revelation, the lukewarm church. They thought they were okay. They, 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 were, they were vomited out of his mouth. Oh, there's a return, but that return is rejected because it is not a good return. But for those that are good soul, you receive it and it grows in you and you return to God. It says what? You shall go out with joy and be let out in peace. What sort of circumstances are around you? Are you being led by the Spirit? Are you being filled with joy? Are you being led with peace? Are you allowing the circumstances, are the circumstances around you leading you into fear and chaos?
see how I pause there? I gotta give a big, big pause of silence there. Because we need to really examine. When I'm talking about circumstances, no, we don't want circumstances to govern us. But are we allowing the Spirit of God to, to, to move in us, to affect us, so that suddenly we're affecting our circumstances, not the circumstances affecting us? In other words, there may be world chaos around you, but you carry the peace of God. Are you led in peace? There may be mourning all around, but do you have the spirit of joy in you from the spirit of God? You know, these are things that we need. It says the mountains and the hills shall break forth in the singing. Mountains are usually places of authority. Listen, the authorities around us celebrate when we're being led by the Lord. They do. You know, even, even terrible governments love it when the, their, their people are, are follow the Lord. Now, you may say, how so? There's some that persecute. Listen, Christians bring prosperity. Christians don't normally rise up and shoot <laughs> and rebel against their governments. I mean, there has been time when the Lord has led his people to, to rip down tyranny. That does happen. But the Lord also has us to pray for those leaders before we get to that point. God's people are a blessing. Right now, China's got a terrible government, but their nation is being blessed because they have 100 million Christians in China. There's 100 million believing Christians in China. God will bless that nation because there are believers there. It goes on and talks about instead of the thorn shall come up a cypress, instead of a briar shall come up a myrtle tree. Think about this. You know, you don't have to let your circumstances make you unfruitful. You don't have to give in to the cares of this world. You don't have to do that. If you will allow the word of God in you to produce fruit in you, then God says instead of you growing up like with thorns and briars you grow like a cypress you grow like a myrtle you know a cypress tree is known for its durability its hardiness and, and you know in a sickly fashion that ancient egyptians many ancient europeans and many kings they all wanted their coffins made from cypress now i know you're thinking didn't egyptians mummify things yes and there are the pharaohs that had big tombs and granite and stuff like that. But I'm talking more common person. Maybe not poor, but those that weren't, quote unquote, wealthy enough to have a pyramid or something built in case you're in. But they, they wanted their coffins or places better to be made out of cypress. Why? Because it was durable. It lasted. They, they thought that whatever they died with, they took into eternity. So they wanted a, something they're buried in to last for eternity. See, that's what God's saying about you and I, is that we can become durable. Myrtle trees, are, they, they have these flowers and beauty and things. That's what God wants in us. He wants us to, to be beautiful, to provide shade, durability. It says the name, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. You see, if, if we allow the word of God to work in us and produce things, 
God says it'll bring forth a name. See, his name gets stamped upon us. It's a testimony to us. It's an everlasting sign. We become a sign of the work of God. And then we never cut off. I just want to pray right now. Father, I just pray right now that those who are listening to this message will come to know you intimately, God. Lord, I pray that they would know you the way you know them. Lord, that you'd bring us into this passionate, intimate relationship with you, God. Father, I pray that your word would work in us, God, and that our circumstances wouldn't dictate our lives, Father, but our life with you would begin to dictate to our circumstances, God. Father, I thank you that you are this good Lord. I pray, God, that you would take this word to those who are listening, God, and that you would move in their lives, God, that that they would apply your word, God, that they would see how it works and it's active in their life, God, in transforming them. And Jesus, I thank you that you are the change agent. You change our lives. You change our circumstances. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check out more of our teachings on our website at www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. Yeah.